This podcast is sponsored by Bailey Gifford. Their podcast series, Short Briefings on Long-Term Thinking, brings you in-depth knowledge and challenging points of view from Bailey Gifford's investment managers. Search online for Bailey Gifford Short Briefings. Hello and welcome to the NMA podcast. I'm Ollie Smith, magazine editor at NMA. As the professional indemnity insurance market contracts for IFAs and others, the one question on everyone's lips should be, how do I renew and renew well? Well, that is at least the opinion of one IFA who spoke to me last week about how he does his PI applications. Yeah, absolutely. So what I'm seeing in the papers and in CityWire um, and just in general talking to people hmm. There's some very good firms out there that are of a decent size who have, for example, had a week of the FCA in their offices reviewing all their files for final salary transfers. And to no surprise to me, because we refer all our work for that sort of thing to them and cure up and queue up work, and which is all the stuff that's deemed to be high risk. Um, I have a slight variation of a view on that from the FCA, but you know they deem it high risk and therefore only PI insurance it is. They received 100% suitable or more than suitable on all of their files. And I say there's a weak audit of three or four FCA people going through every single file. Wow. Their PI insurance has gone up over 50%. And the national average for suitability is 34%. Now, the 66% that isn't suitable, probably 15 to 20% of that is um, the paperwork's not in the quite, quite the right order. It's not bad advice. Mm. It's not a mis-selling case. It's, um, they perhaps got a few dates wrong on the fact finds in the document or something's missing. And that was um, a huge focus of the recent paper on contingent charging, wasn't it? The, the record keeping side. It, it was. But what it is telling me, which is alarming, is around 50% of final salary transfers are unsuitable and that is a major issue for the industry and talking to the PI brokers in detail about this they have seen a seismic change in different markets not everyone and it's in varying degrees so it's not every IFA firm who is suffering what you you had reported recently and what we're hearing across the board the, the sort of core industries that have been affected are estate agents surveyors construction and they are struggling and, and ifas in which they're all in all those sectors there are quite a large percentage of firms struggling to get the relevant pi insurance and without it they cannot operate as we know yeah and the common thread of this and the detailed conversations I've been having with the brokers comes down to attention to detail, timing, and where it sits on your priority to-do list. The first thing I did when I became self-employed, I've worked for myself uh, or gone, been contracting all of my career, here and abroad. And the first thing I did was took a very active interest in my accounts and really understood how accounts, accountancy worked and how it affected limited company self-employed LLP. Mm. That helps my dad to chartered accountant. He introduced me to a wonderful accountant, friend of his 20 years ago, and I've been looked after royally ever since. But my attention to detail on my account is granular. And it's the same approach I take to things like PI insurance. And what the PI brokers and and the PI companies are telling me is that it's last on most people's to-do list. 
and they send the application back for their renewal two or three days beforehand, before the renewal date. And what it's doing at the moment, the PI brokers and the companies, the insurers, are absolutely overrun with renewals and inquiries because of COVID and people changing cover. Now, a good example of how to mitigate this is I have my PI renewal sent out to me three months in advance of the renewal date, and I send it back within seven days, fully completed with every bit of additional information they could possibly want to sit back and, and in their own time make an informed decision and come up with a sensible renewal rate, which I'll go on to in a minute. And we have benefited year on year as a result of this. Now, one of the best bits of advice we can give to IFAs and any other business is get your renewal application in early, get hold of it, fully complete it, add all the information you possibly can. And I think what they're seeing is a lot of applications coming in with the basic skeleton information they need, and it's coming in late. And at the end of the day, the impression created to the broker and the insurer is, this really was bottom of your to-do list, you really haven't thought this through. It's a, it's a black mark immediately. And if they're really under pressure, they know that if you're an IFA and you're not insured for a day, your business is closed by the FCA. They're looking, I've 100 other applications here. These guys actually took the time to fill it in properly and to give me back months in advance. I'm going to put those at the head of the queue. It's a common sense decision. So we've got to help ourselves here and be organized, efficient, and be detailed in the way that we present it. And I, it's akin to a mortgage application or a life insurance application or any protection app. In its severity and complexity. In its severity and complexity, but also in if the general public filled in their own application and tried to do the mortgage themselves. And it was a bit, bit complicated, perhaps because of their income or work situation. Mm. There's a good chance they won't get the application through. But if they use a highly skilled broker, the same person presented in a different light, in a different way, will get the mortgage that they want. And this is no different to PI renewal. And as IFAs, we should understand that. So one of the things, apart from filling the application in fully and early, without being asked by the broker or the PI company, I automatically included um, two years of accounts, my personal and my business plan. So my personal business plan and my company business plan our compliance manual that it took five people to author over a couple of years and 10 have had a massive input into that. Right. Uh, and they've redesigned it in line with the new rules this year. The business plan looks very different now to what it's looked like over the last five, six years. So we've submitted all this information in addition, but I've also written a personal email about the 12 months that we've just experienced, the differences from the year before, and how I personally see the next 12 months going and the factors, good, bad and indifferent, that will influence you know, Brexit, COVID, etc. And it's been written in a colloquial, um, Alex Morris, rather direct and blunt style, saying it as it is from the hip, okay? Mm. There's no, I'm not pulling any punches. I'm not trying to fool anyone. It, it, it is as it is. It's Liberty Mutual who in insurers. And right. they are... That they love the style in which we do it and in the timeframes in which we do it. And they're saying this is the blueprint for how we'd like other IFA firms to submit their applications time-wise and information-wise. So that's one thing. The other 
point I think that's very important is um, a good example was, you know, an IFA down, say, in Devon or up in Newcastle or Scotland will may well have a very good working relationship and friendship with their PI broker. But particularly in the more remote areas, I grew up in the small town of Shrewsbury. So, uh, you know, I, I, I'm a pr provincial boy living in central London. You, you have your local contacts. It's the same people use the same guy because he's trusted and known in the town. But the problem is in these smaller brokerages, they may not have all the access to market and Liberty Mutual do not offer contracts to everyone. They don't deal with everyone. And you need to find an established firm, an established PI broker who you like and trust, who has access to all the providers. And that is not the case, certainly in a lot of more localised areas and, and smaller towns and provincial parts of the country. And they don't realise that they're missing out on access to key providers. And the reason I'm going to talk a bit about Liberty is it was advice I was given 10 years ago by the same PI broker, I've retained the same broker throughout. And what they said to me was if the likes of Hiscox come up, uh, they're back in the market, if they come up with a cheaper premium, we would ask you not to be price driven. The reason for this being is that Hiscox have a habit of dipping their toe in and out of the market. They'll be here for two or three years, then they'll dip out again, particularly if there's raises in the compensation scheme levy or there's some adversity around final salary transfers. First line of trouble, they tend to move out the market. With Liberty Mutual, they've been operating in the UK and US financial advice market for over 35 years, and they've been rock solid and resolute throughout all the financial and global traumas we've suffered during that period. And they're in, they're totally ensconced in the market. So we've been insured by them for seven or eight years now, and even if someone came up with a premium half the price, I'd be reluctant to move. I, I'd have to really think this one through. So that is another piece of advice I think people need to have a good look at. Has your broker got access to the whole of market? Our clients use us because we are whole of market experts. Yeah. You've got to apply the same, you've got to be good to yourself and apply the same logic to yourself. And the benefits of this process that we've gone through, and it's because I'm very attention to detail uh, and always have been, is that uh, 12 months ago, we were told, um, I, I, had, I had a raise in my premium and I was kind of a little bit taken back because for five or six years, it either stayed the same or gone down. And it's very important to me because our PI insurance, the bill for that rep is pretty much mirrored by the FCA fees. And the reason that is, is they both use the same data and risk profiling of companies. So if it's 8,000 for our PI insurance, it's broadly 8,000 for our FCA fees the two would tend to mirror each other. So it's a double whammy. Um, so we, you know, we obviously want to keep them both down. So I went back and said, wait, I've got a bit of an increase here. It's about 12%. What, 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 what's that for? Recently, uh, what's that recently? Uh, that was 12 months ago. 12 months and, ago. And the answer came back to, we're absolutely delighted with this. I said, <laughs> you may be, and, and once you explain to me, maybe I will be, but it's a 12% increase. I'm not used to this. And they said, basically, the FSCS compensation schemes go up to 350000 And as a result, PI insurance has gone up quite dramatically as a result of that alone. What we are seeing across the market, across all insurers, is a standard where if you, write, if you predict you're writing the same levels of business as the year before, you will see a minimum, without thinking, increase of 25% on your premium. And that's what you guys have been reporting. And that's what we're seeing across the industry. 
we increased our business by eight and a half percent that year and we predicted at least the same the following year and we got a 12 percent increase and actually i was delighted with the increased premium that they charged me so it was a 12 percent increase but based on those factors we were actually over the moon and the fca fees went up accordingly this year we've increased the business by 15 percent Sometimes it's better to be lucky than good. I'm not quite sure how we've done that with Brexit and COVID and everything else going on. But you know, it's because we're organised, disciplined and compliant um, that we, we're getting these results. And they've increased my PI insurance by exactly 15%. They've just mirrored the change in the increase in business production because they see it continuing mm. on into next year. And from all the information I've given them, we would be correct to assume somewhere between 10 and 15, well, 12 and 15% increase next year which is very pleasing, and um, the extra income pays for the extra PI insurance, so very happy. Now, when I'm hearing that companies who, they're not that much different to us, um, and they are run by top professionals who do a top job, um, and I'd go to advice for them, and there's not many firms or people I'd say that about, to be honest, but there are, I know there are some select few who you generally interview and have writing in, CityWire, who are quality outfits, quality individuals, some of them are getting 65% hikes yeah. and they don't know whether to stay in business or not. And, and we're going to suffer as an industry and the general public will suffer even more if these individuals do not continue to trade. And this is, this is why I wanted to come on today and to talk about it and to give some ideas and options to the IFA community because it's not all doom and gloom and there are ways around this. I just think it's an education process. And if people follow the mantra that we're following and they have robust compliance manuals, robust documents, and they go into granular detail, it will save them a lot of money. And going into the granular detail is not only looking at our documents and our processes. We've had a review with our PI insurers and with tenants. We use tenants, we're directly authorized, but we buy in tenant compliance and research. That is always a big tick in the box with the PI insurers because it's tenant and we're bringing in outsourced specialization at the highest level. And this is core to what we're, we're, we're doing with our PI insurance. It's looking at all your suppliers. We've outsourced everything now. I used to have 11 IFAs and about 14 staff. I spent most, my, most of my day managing 25 people rather than doing IFA work. I've now become a client rather than a boss. And the difference is seismic. It's... Uh, my stress levels have reduced massively. I actually have time in my own day now to, to see my clients and do the things I like to do under a lot less pressure. And it's made me a better IFA and it's made me a happier person. Now, what we think we looked at in great detail with Tennis, who did the compliance audit report and a very, very, very detailed one for the PI application. They went into granular detail about each and every one of our suppliers and our supply chain. So we're based at Six Snow Hill by uh, St. Paul's, and we use Beaumont office services who are, uh, they probably have 15 service offices around London, and they have floating staff, so if someone's sick, they just send one of the floating staff to that office. We've never had any business interruption in 12 years. We use Tenet for our compliance and research, and it's things like using Financial Express Analytics and Intelligent Office for our fund research and our back office system. It's ticking all the boxes. Our power planning outsourced company, Absolute Power Planning, are fantastic. There's five of them. They're all level four qualified, and a couple of them are level six. And they, they whip around fab fabulous reports in three or four days. 
it's very streamlined and efficient. If one person's on holiday or sick or off, we are unaffected by it as a business. And the PI and the FCA questionnaires that we filled in um, in the last month or so have focused, focused very much on COVID business continuity. Yeah. And we have it in abundance. And people need to look at this. You don't need to have 15 people sat in a central London office working directly for you. I probably now have, because I outsource our mortgages to a company where they have six specialized residential advisors who cover every aspect of residential mortgages. We outsource the final salary QNOT work. On any given day, I probably have 40 people working directly for me. I just don't have to manage them. And mm. I'm their client, so my opinion matters. And that the service levels and my happiness with those service levels matter because I'm paying the bills. And I think this is very important. And I don't believe in the vast majority of cases, people are focusing enough on these areas when they're filling in their PI renewal. It's A, another admin job, sat on the to-do list. I don't get excited about filling form in, but I pay a great deal of attention to it. And for that week, my accounts team, my office manager and I absolutely focus on every word and every figure that goes into that PI renewal and the compilation of all those doc documents I discussed before because we want to get this absolutely right. So you're saying, you know, set aside a week to do it, you know, make it PI week. Absolutely. Now, I still see clients in that time. I still have a lot of phone calls. I still get lots of emails, etc. But my focus that week, um, and I will move meetings to the week before, week after where possible, the, the main focus, 80 plus percent of that week, I'm focused on it. And actually filling in the application doesn't take very long once your accounts team give you the figures. Yeah. It, it might be updating the personal business plan that takes a bit more time. You know, and I use the early hours of the morning. Um, I get up, I get up very early and, and do it then when I'm un uninterrupted. Because it's all about quality, not quantity. And we just don't have an issue. We don't have a problem. And one of the other areas that has helped us dramatically, and again, it was on the advice of the PI brokers, who have been instrumental in the communications between us and Liberty Mutual, we kept our permission for final salary transfer and mortgages, even though we weren't doing any. And they said to me, well, why have you got those? You're not doing that type of business. I said, well, they're there in case we need them. They said, well, you do realize you're paying for this on your PI insurance, even though you're not using it. I was like, no, I didn't realize. Right. So do you need mortgages? No, we outsource them. Do you need final salary corruption? No, we don't need them. Well, those are high risk areas and they are costing you money every year. Get them out. Um, we had all the passporting licenses um, that were available. Mm. We've removed those because they add cost and we don't need them. Um, so we are, uh, whilst we only deal with high net worth, ultra high net worth clients, and we only do typically high end technical work, we take the FCA standards, which are very high, and we use them as the minimum level of acceptance to what we will deal with. And we add layers of due diligence and compliance onto top of it. So we are waterproof in all situations. And again, this is put in the emails that I personally write to the insurer and discuss, and they come back with questions, which I can answer all of them fully and in detail. And that's what keeps our premiums as low as they are. And they're then again reflected in the FCA fees. That's really interesting. I mean, it's a whistle-stop tour through, I think, you know, your your sense that all of this is in a framework, right? So it's, you know, it's not just about PI, it's about the, you know, the financial resilience of your business. It's about the continuity that, 
you've been able yeah. to create throughout the pandemic. Just to rewind a second and go back to something that you were saying about, you know, the PI market as a whole and the different types of industries that are struggling as a result of this. I mean, you talked about construction, where there's obviously huge human risk, however much there's sort yeah. of occupational safety and health um, nets to rescue people. Um, you know, financial advice as well, obviously, estate agents you mentioned. I mean, it, people, um, people with a critical hat on might say, well, you know, financial advice is bit of a cottage industry you know it's 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 full of people who they go solo from whatever jobs they were doing before perhaps typically in insurance or in bigger companies and they decide I'm going to do this myself I'm going to do a great job for my clients and I'm going to set up that small business and it's going to thrive <coughs> do you think there's a bit of a psychological problem actually that having you know having having a profession where a lot of its you know key players and star players are you know, former employees of bigger companies with, a, you know, bigger outlook in bigger markets that actually <laughs> advisors are thinking sort of too small world about this. And they're not, they're not appreciating that the PI market is a very big beast that's catering to more people than just financial advisors. Is How much of it is a psychological problem, do you think? It's interesting. I mean, if I speak for my myself, I've always been self-employed or worked for myself or on contract. Um, including my time in Australia and Japan. I always wanted to be an IFA. It's all I ever wanted to be. I, I, I went for professional trials as a footballer, but it, I just lost my love for the game by the time I was 13. It was becoming a job rather than a love and a passion. And um, by the time I was 13 or 14, I knew I was going to end up in financial services and this is what I wanted to do. So I've ne I could never, I couldn't work for a big organisation. I'm, I'm basically unemployable, which is actually a great benefit to me personally. But I have to work for myself and I have to fly the way I, I do. And I think looking at the IFA world and what the PI brokers were saying to me this week is only the very strongest, fittest, best outfits will get renewal PI, PI renewed. And what was interesting when the pandemic hit I, I floated the notion that we had our FCA fees rebated to us to give the industry some support and structure. And it would have been very timely and very helpful to all companies, especially when we got hit with a second round of FCA fees in January. And unfairly so, because basically the really good IFAs like me are paying for the bad ones the FCA can't regulate uh, or are failing to regulate. And that's how that's a common feeling in, in the industry. And it was uproar when that second bill came through in January from all of us. Now, I felt there was a sensible thing to do in a pandemic was to send those both sets of fees back to IFAs to give them the six, 12 months stability they needed to pay staff and everything else. And certainly before the furlough scheme was announced. If you're an IFA, the reality is, particularly in the modern day, that with the thing, you know, Brexit, COVID, Donald Trump, what, you know, what, once we get through COVID, what else is around the corner? We know something's coming, we just don't know what it is. And then you've got the markets moving around as they do and all over the shop. Basically, and I've said this for a long time, if you're not earning a six-figure amount each year doing this job, it's not worth doing. The stress of it, the continued learning, the complexity, the hours, the travel, it's tough. On a good day, this is a tough job. On a bad day, it's absolutely awful. And you've got to be paid for the risk that you're taking as an IFA, as a regulated individual, and in a lot of cases, as a business owner, you've also got to have the skills and be good enough. I mean, I'm not saying we should just because we do this job, we should get a whole load of money. You've actually got to have the skills to boot, but you've got to be a tough cookie to do this job. It's not for the faint hearted. 
you're dealing with people's personal fortunes, their wealth, their personal assets. And if you make a mistake, you know, you can cost them a fortune. You can affect people's livelihoods and their retirement. You know, I've never, fortunately, never had a problem, never had any Lehman's exposure, never had Icelandic bank, Icelandic bank exposure, so on and so forth. Um, but that's because of due diligence and care. It's not just luck. And I think, hopefully answering your question, I, I think the individuals that I know, the individuals that come on your conferences, the individuals I meet at PIMS are very open-minded, very worldly. They are the cream of the, the crop, but the majority of us have the same sort of views and ethics and thinking. And the main one is we're client-centric. It's all about the client experience. We're just facilitators. We're in the room just moving the conversation along. But actually, we're not relevant as such. If we're not the important people. We, we have no importance. It's facilitating what they need. I, I do think there is a world where if you've been employed in a big organisation for 15, 20 years, big insurance company or broker, where, whatever, being a self-employed IFA, I can't see the percentages being very high of success. I can't see those people getting their qualifications and going out on the road, starting without any clients or very few, and making a living to be able to pay the bills of the business and pay the bills of day-to-day -day living. And also, I think the new climate is very clear. They won't get PI insurance anyway. They'd have to join a larger IFA entity to be involved. And what I think has happened where we didn't get the FCA fees back, and in fact, we've had no support as an industry, except for if you, you, some of your employees qualify for furlough, thanks to Rishi Sunak. Basically, I think there's about 20, 25% of this industry that managed to get level four qualified, probably at the last minute, who have been identified as, uh, it's either the firm or the individuals have been identified by the FCA. They know who they are. They actually don't want them in the industry. They're not financially strong enough. They might have the level four qualification, but they're not actually good enough. And this has been the opportunity that they've been looking for, for natural culling of the bits of the industry that managed to get through RDR, but actually, which RDR was actually intended to get rid of. And some people got through the net. Yeah. By yeah. And, I, and I, I'd love to hear the FCA opinion on this. I'd like, I'd be interested to see what other people think about it. But this has proved the perfect storm for both the FCA and the PI insurers to go, this is a perfect time to get rid of this percentage of the industry, which we don't really fancy anymore. And the PI brokers had a meeting yesterday uh, amongst the main team and directors on this conversation we are having today. And to uh, give Liberty or with the FCA? Uh, no, it was a PI brokers um, between themselves. Oh, really? Had, yeah, they had a big conversation about what we're discussing today. Um, and they were very interested in my thoughts on this and, and yours. And basically, they're saying, uh, this really is now survival of the fittest. We agree with your interpretation that this is time to get rid of, I don't like to use phrases like dead, but I don't, I don't have any interest in people losing their jobs or their businesses. Uh, completely goes against every entrepreneurial spirit I have. But I think it's a fact of life and a fact of reality. And on, as I say, on a good day, this is an extremely tough job. On a bad day, it's awful. And only the fittest will survive going forward. And, you know, for all the processes I've talked through in this conversation, I'm not taking my foot off the pedal. Throughout the year, I'm thinking about what can I add into the PI email? What can I add in 
to the forest of information I send them. There's ongoing conversations with Tenet. I have a, a monthly audit with Tenet, although I'm told I don't need supervision. I have a monthly audit and ad hoc conversations and ad lib conversations in the middle. Um, they constantly update me on things I need to know. And all of this leads towards the, the end of the year, the 12-month marker, where we fill in the application again in PI week. And we come back. Yeah, and I never take it for granted. I've never taken it for granted that we will get the same premium or a reflection of our percentage increase in growth as a simple increase in the premium. We've worked very hard throughout the year. We worked very hard in that week. Because without PI insurance, we can't trade. Of course. And this has got to go right to the top right to the top of people's priority lists to do it early and to do it properly as I've described, but also demonstrate that they have done a review and an audit of all of their suppliers, all of their people. If they've got if they have employees, fit and proper checks every year, mm. credit checks, so on and so forth, those those things bring out more than you most people realize and if there are problems on the horizon you might be able to see them visibly in the office but those checks quite often bring up stuff you'd never guess otherwise yeah. and it's just belts and bracing your business i do th i do think this is um a time where and this goes back to your conversation uh, co comments about cottage industry i do think this is a time now where individual business owners will start looking at who they can work with in the industry and perhaps merge. I think this is, this is not a comment about IFA consolidators, but where the likes of me who attend your conferences and PIMS, etc., hmm. will say, look, at getting tougher and tougher and the FCA fees reflect it. Wouldn't this be easier if we did it together? You know, shared our resources, shared our skill sets. Yeah, you can keep your own income. You can keep a percentage of the business. Um, it's a bit like Brexit. It, it is it's been part of Europe, a pooling of sovereignty or a loss of sovereignty. There's an argument both ways. And I think that's how this should be looked at. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm giving up 50% of my business, for example. I'm only earning 50%, not 100. But actually, my business has doubled overnight. Yeah, I'd rather have 50% of a very large number than 100% of nothing. And yeah, sure. I, I think people, COVID has made us all rethink. We've, we've, for people like me who are 45, this is a half-time career break. It's almost like a, an enforced sabbatical. And I'm one of the fortunate ones. Our business is built totally on retainer income. This has not affected me in the slightest, apart from all my costs have gone through the floor. I'm better off with COVID-19. All my friends who work in professional jobs um, across the world are sat at home with money in the bank they've not, not had before because they can't spend it and they have no costs. I appreciate there is a percentage of this population who will get absolutely hammered by this and it's the poorest people who will be affected the worst and they'll be even worse off af after this. And it's very unfortunate and we need to do something to support them. But for a lot of people who are in professional jobs, this has actually been, it's been a bit frustrating and a bit boring, but in terms of financially, they're better off. And I saw a figure yesterday that 65% of people are better off as a result of COVID-19. So I, the whole way in which we operate the demographic, 
is going to totally change the result of this. And PI insurance has to go to the top of that list. This is the perfect opportunity to be doing yeah, yeah. Zoom, Zoom meetings, phone conversations, not traveling two hours to a meeting to sit in a room for an hour and a half with a client and then travel two hours back. So just, just on that, I mean, to come back to PI specifically, I mean, my, my final question would be, you know, you mentioned that PI providers are, are meeting behind closed doors to discuss that. You know, what, what more can you tell me about that? You know, what more can you tell our readers about that? And, you know, and what's their sort of conclusion, do you think, from, from the, the current the, situation? Yeah, the current conclusion is it's not all sectors that are affected. And I think if you look at it... You know, By the super, rise in premiums. Correct. Yeah. Uh, some, some industries are in absolute boom at the moment with home deliveries, etc. Others have just come, like hospitality, to an absolute standstill. So sure. it's, it's not every sector. And even within the sectors that I've mentioned that have been affected, there are stories like mine where we are unaffected by this because of our processes and due diligence. And yet there are some very good companies seeing 50 to 65% increases. And that's why I really wanted to come on today to say, check, check your processes. I mean, maybe if there's just one or two things I've said today that they can take away and amend, mm. I've done my bit. Yeah. Um, and what the PI brokers have said to me is, it will be the fittest and strongest only who get offered cover. They'll be, the, the providers are being very picky. Most underwriters are sat with 100 applications in front of them at the moment. You've, if you've got a timeline on, on your application for renewal like we do, and it means you can't trade without it, you've got to be getting it in 10 to 12 weeks before the renewal date, not two to three days. You are going to derail your business and end up without a business by that simple fact. Yeah. The timing is everything. And then it's the quality of what you put in in the document. So... There is wide fluctuation amongst those four industries I mentioned about how people are coping and catering and how the future will look going forward. I, I discussed it in detail with them yesterday and said that this is what I think, this is how we do it. Yeah, they said, basically, talk us through how you do it, your mindset behind it. And they added the PR insurers, you spoke to PR insurers over Zoom. Yeah, yeah. and basically they added, they added some very constructive comments in. So who were they? I mean, was this a sort of, a, a, it sounds like a kind of round table of, you know, perhaps Liberty Mutual, you mentioned your own insurer, were there other PI people around the table? Yeah, the PI brokers I use um, were Stackhouse Poland, then they've now been bought by Gallagher's and um, I, I've got, I, I've just been very well, it's been a very seamless transition. I've been looked after very well for 10 plus years by them and um there was a lot of very constructive input around it's not just IFAs, it's going across different industries. Here's a, a few of them um, by way of example. And these are the things that we are seeing that are getting up the underwriters' noses to the point they just go, that's, that's renewing in two days. You're having a laugh, aren't you? And they literally, I wouldn't say they put it in the bin, they just push it to the back of the 100 queue. Mm. Uh, and that's the end of your business. That alone is the end of your business. And what they have said to me very clearly is, when we get an application in as detailed as yours with all the supporting documents that's volunteered and not requested, immediately we're looking at this, in, the underwriter at the insurance company is looking at this in the brightest light. Then they go, oh, yes, yeah, financial relationship. Oh, right, financial relationship, yeah, fantastic. 
in early as always, full supporting documentation, brilliant, right? <clears throat> I've got a bit of time with that one. I'll, I'll pen it in for the end of next week or whenever. Mm. I'll give it a proper review. Happy days. And five weeks before we were due to renew, we got the wonderful news. You, your, premiums, your premiums get up 15% to reflect your business increase. Because we can see you doing that again next year as well. Uh, which I, I'd actually put in writing and agreed with them um, in, in the application process. If, if, I, if you start submitting a week or two before, it's just the scant bit of the PI application and nothing else. Yeah. They are, you are in negative territory. It's not going to cut it. It's not going to cut it. And that was always the case. That has always been the case. But we lived in more flexible times pre-COVID. The knives were sharpening with the increasing compensation limits. DB transfer scandals, British Steel, so on and so forth. So it was getting, the market was getting volatile again um, after a period of relative calm. Um, the game has now massively changed and I, I just implore anyone who's got an application that's coming up 10 to 12 weeks away please go and get the application now. Please supply, supply all the information I've discussed. Please invest some money with your network or your outsource compliance or whoever does it, your internal people, in getting the most robust business plan, the most robust compliance manual and the most robust documents and review your providers and have that written up in your compliance audit in a demonstrable fashion. It will help keep your premiums sensible and it'll keep you in business. So final question for you would be, you know, there's a phrase, there's a phrase on my mind here. That's, it's a little bit Trump like, so I'm wary of using it, but I mm. do think it's relevant. I mean, if I, if I asked you to explain the relevance of the words drain the swamp to yeah. PI, what's the answer? It's basically throw every ounce of effort and strain every sin you've got and throw every kitchen sink in your locker at your PI application and all the supporting documents and reviews that go with it where the swamp is drained there is nothing left at the end of it you look at it and you look at it again and you, your people at tenant look at it mm. PI insurers the PI brokers look at it and they go do you know what there's nothing left here the swamps there's a drought in the swamp there's nothing more to give and that's how i would answer that question um of our friend over in america do you think uh, <laughs> do you think um do you think pi insurers sort of see this as an opportunity to to drain the swamp you know to drain that market of low quality yes, absolutely so from a from an ifa perspective it's give it absolutely everything you've got and more from a PI perspective, PI insurer perspective of draining the swamp, it's drain out the bits that we don't want mm. and refill it with the bits that we do want. You know, mm. instead of having a swamp, you, you get you push the ones you don't want into the swamp and drain it, and you build a brand new five-star swimming pool down the road for the ones you do want. With an infinity that, pool. That sort of thing, and, and preferably, <laughs> preferably a jacuzzi. Um, <laughs> okay. So for me, it's exciting. For me, it's um, adversity creates opportunity. And there's not enough. So IFAs do not consider each other competition because there's not enough of us by a long stretch of the imagination to be able to service the 65 billion people in the UK. 
Then there's that top percentage. And typically, they're the better business writers, not always, but most of the time, who attend your conferences, who are in a league of their own, a Champions League of their own. For us guys, this is a good time because we'll keep our PI premiums real. They'll be realistic. We won't be having these problems of do we stay in business or not. There will be more wealthy people wandering around. And as this world becomes smaller and smaller, people are getting richer and richer, younger and younger. And they're looking for advice. And I don't, I don't advertise, never have done, never ask for a referral. But I keep being introduced to very wealthy people who are looking for my services and come very willingly and compliantly to give me all the information I need to help them. There's going to be fewer of us around and fewer IFAs in total around. And that's why the wealthy are actually having to seek us out and get referrals from friends and family. And it just makes our life a lot easier. No marketing costs, no effort looking for work. All, all I spend is my whole day doing work. I'm never looking for it. Mm. But like COVID, you know, some of us are going to do well out of this and some of us are going to suffer. And like COVID, the top end will thrive from this point onwards. The bottom end won't survive. This podcast is sponsored by Bailey Gifford. Their podcast series, Short Briefings on Long-Term Thinking, brings you in-depth knowledge and challenging points of view from Bailey Gifford's investment managers. Search online for Bailey Gifford Short Briefings.